and welcome to another episode of Inspired by Yarra. This is a podcast that's been created to enhance, connect and inspire the Yarra Valley Grammar community and beyond. So wherever, however you happen to be listening to this episode, whether maybe you're on the back of the bus, maybe you're driving, driving to, to work for the day, maybe you're about to drop the kids off, maybe you're, you're on the treadmill or you're out walking the dog, however you have found us, welcome. My name's Paul Joy and it is my privilege and my delight to sit down episode after episode with another Yog, a Yarra old grammarian and share with you a bit of their story. I have a conversation with them and we talk about life at school, we talk about life after school and, and how Yarra Valley Grammar has impacted their lives through the trials and the challenges and the triumphs along the way. Today I sit down with Sam Harper from the class of 2015, a young man who I knew here at junior school at Yarra, right through and watched his journey through school with great interest. A fine young man, part of a family who continue to impact this school community, who over the years have have been just left a, an outstanding legacy on this place. Sam by his own right, is a man of self-discipline, a man of sporting courage and extraordinary ability, a man of faith, a man who pushes himself to be the best that he can be, a man who was inspired by Yarra and indeed, as you're about to find out, I think continues to be an inspiration to those who know him. It's my privilege to share with you this conversation that I had recently with Mr. Sam Harper from the class of 2015. Enjoy. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Inspired by Yarra. And today we are delighted to be joined by Mr. Sam Harper from the class of 2015. And it is a delight for me to be in the room with Sammy Harper. Harps, welcome. BJ, thanks for having me. Great to be here. Good to uh, welcome you back to Yarra. And I wonder if you might even recall, what does it feel like to come back? You had many years here. You've spent a lot of time in classrooms, out on the sporting fields. What's it like to come back? Yeah, Yarra Valley's played a huge part in my life. I came here in year two and graduated in 2015 in year 12. Um, had parents involved in school, siblings involved in school, academics being great, and had a really good sporting journey through the school as well. So, yeah, it's nice to come back and be sitting in this beautiful new building with you. Excellent. And it's... Uh, Good to have you back. And it's a fine day and, and, dare I say, a good day for cricket. Yes. No, we've just been, just come straight from training, actually. So, yeah. So, tell me nice about that. Get the weather turning. Where is training for you? Where have you come from today? And, and what was a training session today? Yeah. So, training, we've just, um, we've got a new centre at the Junction Oval in St Kilda, um, which is great. We've been there for about 12 to 18 months now. So, it sort of gives us our own home base. Uh, we're at the MCG prior to that. Victoria's been there at the MCG prior to that. Mm. Um but sort of it's nice to have our own space, which we run and we can do whatever we want with. Um, yeah, so we're sort of wrapping up pre-season at the moment. Uh, there's a general day sort of has a fair fitness component to it at the moment with pre-season and then a heavy skill session as well. And a day like today is helpful with the sun out. So so when you say we, who do you mean? Who, who, who is your we at the moment? Yeah, so at the moment everything's with Victoria. Um, okay. We're prepping for our one-day tournament, which is in a few weeks, mm -hmm. and then there will be a few Shield games to follow that. Um, and then later on in the summer, through December and January, that's when we get 
um, into the exciting stuff for the kids and that's when the big bash rolls around. Yeah. So we're talking cricket and your role in the Victorian team at the moment yep, is I'm, what? I'm a short little guy, so I'm the wicket keeper. <laughs> <laughs> I have a little chat behind the stumps. Yeah, that's my role at the moment. You have a little what? A little chat behind the stumps. Oh, yeah, that's what the wicket keepers are known for. <laughs> I try and keep pretty nice though. PJ, as you can imagine. <laughs> I, I can imagine that and uh, and you're right. I must admit uh, when I used to play cricket, I was certainly not much of a bowler uh, and they were long days out in the field. So were you a batter? I, not, well, I, I did. I, I scored 100. Did I scored you? a couple of 50s. Nice. Uh, that was just I was playing church cricket and yeah. so we were on matting. Um, but I became a wicket keeper because I couldn't couldn't bowl and they were long days out in the field yeah. and I wanted to be in the action, yeah, so I became the wicket keeper. Why do you love being the wicket keeper? I think you've nailed the, the reason on the head for you there. I firstly wasn't a very good bowler, um, so then I wanted to be in the action as well. I wanted to be in the game and wicket keeping sort of suited my style. Me and my brother, Jack, who also went to we played a lot of games in the backyard, catching games, and we set up nicks and stumps and I just I love we keeping so I continue to do it. And do you think some of that play stuff of of throwing and catching just those general ball skills have helped you in your ability to catch a ball now? Yeah, definitely. We um dad created a great backyard for us. We had a basketball ring, um a cricket pitch with golf holes in it. Um yeah, so we'd we'd be out there after school most afternoons doing some sort of Sporting activity. And I think the important thing there is while we're talking about cricket now, we were encouraged right through Yarra and at home to participate in different different activities, whether it be schooling stuff or different sports. It wasn't a focus on one specific skill to try and keep some balance in there. Yes. When you think about your time at Yarra, and, and I appreciate you from year two right through to year 12, let's let's pick somewhere in the middle. Let's pick around about year nine, year 10. Yeah. Um, who were the sort of people that you hung around with and and in terms of, of your friends and what impact do you think they might have had on who you've become? Yeah, so I was extremely lucky. We went on in year 10, we went to England on a cricket and tennis tour and a lot of my good mates, um, Joshy Exley, Mitch Chappell, Lucky McRae, Aaron Lees, um, were on that. Ben Rennie, one of my good mates from school, twisted my arm to play a bit of hockey towards the back end of my school and career. Um, and we actually went on and won a premiership, which was one of my fondest memories of coming through Yarra in our year 11 year. Um, so, yeah, we we played a lot of down ball and we played a lot of – we loved PE. Uh, we loved mucking around at school. We had a great time together and, um, yeah, that's continued post-school as well. Yeah, so you're still connected with some of those Yarra, Yarra names? Yeah, definitely. Life does uh, – you don't really think about it in year 11 and 12, but, like, life takes different journeys. Like Ben Rennie's up doing his marine biology in Townsville, so – I think it just makes the catch-ups when you see them all the more fun because you've actually got a lot to catch up on. And and do the the magic moments out on the sporting field, do they just get bigger and bigger because, you know, the years have gone by and that catch that somebody such and such a took or that uh, that goal that they kicked was from way further out than actually the reality on the day? Yeah, definitely. I don't think you let the truth get in the way of a good story on the sporting field. We do love a good story. And uh, and here on the Inspired by Yarra podcast, we are privileged to hear lots of great stories. Um, And uh, I wonder if you can recall for us, where was the place to hang out? You've talked about uh, the downball courts, and that was an important space. Was there, whether it be the classroom, the sporting field, was there a favourite place for you? Uh, that's a good question. We we enjoyed the Oval. We played many games down the Oval. Um, 
our year 12 game was called Tricket, which we played at the back, which was tennis slash cricket game at the back of the year 12 area there. And then So we, run me through, what, what's the aim of the game? The aim of the game is that a batter shouldn't really bat for more than five or six. It's impossible to bat. So if you... It's a really fast-moving game with about 10 or 12 people, so everyone gets a go, and you literally, you bowl, then you bat, then you keep, then you field. Right. Um, windows on the full, of course, we're out. One yeah. hour, one bounce, two-bounce headbutt, play and miss, you're out. And you're playing with a tennis racket, tennis as, racket a, as a cricket bat? As a cricket bat with a high-bounce ball. Um, and so you can whack it as far as you want to? We had we did have parameters. Um, with so we didn't want to lose the ball, so we it's so important. Not much of a game without the ball. No, so we had parameters that you couldn't hit a certain distance. It, look, it was definitely favoured in the fielding and bowling side as it should have been. Yes, so that someone just didn't bat for twenty minutes and ruin all of recess. <laughs> that's fantastic, and you called it tricket, tricket, tennis and cricket. Yeah, tricket. that's good. So that, yeah, that that's was good I don't combat. think. Uh, I don't think the ground staff are too fond of us at sometimes in the winter when we'd ripped up a bit of the grass up there. Because no matter the weather, no matter the conditions, the we game played. must go on. The game went on. Of course. No, it, it, that's good. And did you used to kick the footy out there outside the Year 12 space as well or did you get down to the Oval to have a real kick? Uh, we usually went down to the Oval and had a real kick. And then down ball was pretty prevalent. We um, that The the new uh, courtyard area came out in about my Year 11 area. So yeah. we um, there's a 16 squarer, which funnily enough, I actually came back to Yarra uh, a few months ago and played Friday afternoon with the year 12s so who were right into, well, who, I don't know if they still are, were right into their down ball back in turn one and Friday was a bit of a special event. I even think they got a news reporter on there. We did, we did. We so have uh, recently had a bit them. of press around our down ball. Yes, so I <laughs> that was a very, we had it competitive back in 2015 but they had it, that was, that was ultra competitive yep. in 2019. So yep. they've really stepped up the game. So you finished your time here at Yarra in 2015 and by then you were already a, a very promising cricketer. Yeah. Uh, from there, you made your first class debut in 2016. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. First game, what do you remember of your first game? Because it's a bit of a, uh, a headline. Yeah. So we played Tasmania in January. Um, so that was, a, that was a good summer. School had just finished. Um, it was my first year with the Melbourne Stars. Um, and then post that, yeah, played my first game in the Sheffield Shield for Victoria and uh, that was at the MCG, which was a cool cool to make my debut at probably my favourite stadium in Australia. And, um, yeah, we had James Pattinson and Peter Siddle and the like bowling and that was that was my first experience of keeping Victoria, which was great. So you're the wicket keeper and how, how long is a cricket pitch? Uh, 22 yards is a cricket pitch. And so for, for those who are listening, 22 yards from stump to stump. Yeah. And then how much further back from there as the wicketkeeper in terms of distance, pitch lengths, you know, whether it be half a length, a full length of a pitch, how far, because we see it on the TV mm. and it kind of all happens really, really, really quickly yep. and we can't kind of quite comprehend how quick those balls are moving. Sure. They, um, well, the people who, as you'd see on TV, they have the 30-metre circle. Mm -hmm. um, so the fastest spell I've, when I've kept to someone like James Patterson who's bowling really fast. I'm probably only a few metres inside that circle, and that's a 30-metre circle, so I'm a good 25 metres back. So yeah. I'm a whole other pitch and a bit back from where he's bowling from. So I'm about 40 metres from when he <laughs> from releases when he lets it. From when he lets yes. it go. And, like, you, you wear gloves as the wicketkeeper. You do. But you still feel it into your hands. Oh, yeah, when the bowler's bowling quick, you, you've got your innards on, but it yeah. is hitting the, it's hitting the gloves hard. 
And as the wicketkeeper, what are you doing as the ball's coming down the pitch? As he lets it go out of his hand, what are you doing? Are you looking at at, at the bowler? Are you looking at the batter? Are you looking at the ball? Uh, what what are you trying to focus on? Yeah, just the ball. Just trying to track the information, um, try and set up in a good position, then just follow the ball and react, really. Yeah. Hope yeah. you catch it. Quickly. Quickly, yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. That's what all the hours of practice are for, that you hope that in the game that um, you'll react quickly and you react well. Yes. Now, can I just take you back to your debut? Is that yep. right? Um, nine dismissals you were part of? Yeah, nine catches. Nine catches in your debut game on the MCG. Yeah, so it was, it was a great week. Although, the bowler has to nick the batter off for me to get a catch. So, that's actually, people have been, it's great. I was so happy to get nine catches, but that was actually all the good work and credit to the bowlers who bowled beautifully and got the nicks. And I, I love that. that I you, managed to be able to You've gobbled them up. Them. You've caught it. You've done your bit of it. But I didn't do the main bit of it. Okay, okay. I so finished off the good work of yes. the bowlers. So we, unless the bowler had done his bit, you wouldn't have been able to do yours so well. Correct. Okay. That's fair. I, I appreciate your uh, your humility in that. But well, having, what did we say? Don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. So <laughs> it was all me. No, I'm yeah. kidding. <laughs> were any of those, and, and I haven't necessarily watched the highlight reel, but were any of those uh, memorable catches that you go, actually, um, that was a good catch? What, yeah, one was a one was a bit of a special one off Peter Siddle yeah. um, diving away to my right one-handed. So That's a good catch. Yeah, I'll remember that one. A- absolutely, absolutely. Um, now, you, you've said you've come back from training just even this afternoon. Yeah. What, what does a normal week look like? How many training sessions would you have as you're heading in towards the season now? Yeah. So pre-season structured, we train Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday and Saturday morning. And then Thursday's left as a personal development day for um, guys to either go and study or do volunteer work or do something that's getting their skill set outside of cricket abroad. Um, and then, yeah, we get Saturday afternoon and Sunday to just rest, recover and relax. We're usually we're probably doing four, four gym and four running sessions a week. And then at the moment now leading into the season, we're doing four or five skill sessions as well. Mm. When you were here at Yarra mm. as a student, you're a year 11. I'm just going to take you back. You're a year 11 student. You're doing year 12 PE. Yeah. And you head off to maybe Melbourne Uni, Monash Uni. Yeah. And you take part in a VO2 test. Yeah. And I've got some stats here. Right. And I wonder whether you can tell me about the process and what you're feeling. And, and also explain what this means, yeah, yeah. okay? So 61 millilitres of oxygen consumed and used per minute. Right. So is that a VO2 max of 61? Yeah, we actually don't do the VO2 max test in our – that's more like a cycling or a yes. running test. But I do remember doing it that day. So what's it, what's it measuring? Uh, it's, just mes- med- it's pretty much measuring the oxy- oxygen input and output that you can – through your heart and lungs. Yeah. So like someone like a kid Evans who was a gun bike rider who yeah. can ride for 21 days straight in the Tour de France, he's going to have an extremely high VO2 max so he can pump in the oxygen and pump it out quicker than any than most people. Yeah. Therefore, his lungs and heart are more efficient. As a year 11 student though, that is elite. That's a pretty high volume of air, oxygen, to be pumping in and out and using. Yeah. And I dare say you you were on the on – the, was it a bike or a treadmill? Uh, I did the one on the treadmill. Treadmill for 18 minutes. So you've yeah. sustained and incrementally getting harder and harder, tougher and tougher. Yeah. 
and you've sustained it for 18 minutes. Now, most of us would have fallen over by then. <laughs> Don't know about you. <laughs> well, <laughs> thank you. That's very kind. But you you have got to effectively the, the end of your capacity, but then you've also been able to keep on going. Yeah. How much of that ability to push beyond what you think you can is actually in the mind? Yeah, I think most of it. I, most of it? I, most of it, if not all of it, to be okay. fair. Yeah. So physically you, you, you do the training, you do the work, you know, yeah. physically you're capable, but so much of it is in the mind. I think once you hit that point where you don't – where I don't care who you speak to. There's a point in hard physical activity where where it's running, where it gets hard – where you, the body is telling you, our brain is designed to stop us from danger. So yep. it's, our brain is telling us, right, you've hit a point where you should stop. Yep. And everything in your body, body is telling you to stop. From there, I think then it's, you've done the preparation, but then it's mental to keep going. Yeah. So like we have a, our time trial is the 2K time trial, which we do once a month. Right. Um, so I, I feel to improve my time or to get a PB is mainly mental because it's getting to that state at about 1,500 metres in where I'm cooked, where I'm going, right, I need to go for the next 500 metres even though I don't want to go. <laughs> and and you don't – so your body's telling you you can't. Yeah. And it's then in the mind you've got to overcome that and prove to yourself you can. You can, yeah. We actually did – we had a um, – Mark Matthews, a big wave surfer, came in and spoke to us about um, danger and fear in the mind because – now he's surfing 80 foot waves and he was saying when you are underwater you have that point which everyone's had where you're like i need to be able to breathe you actually have roughly the average human has roughly a minute to two more a minute to a minute and a half more under there that they're capable of but it's just your brain giving you a sign of danger to get up now in a pool where we're not used to it we get up to yes. breathe because that's just only natural because we can't breathe under there yeah so similar to running except you actually can breathe but you just got to keep your legs Ticking over. Yes, yes. Easier said than done sometimes. I'm sure, I'm sure. And 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 what is the process for you as as still a young athlete? Yeah. Is it, are you being trained in that or is that something you take upon yourself to kind of improve in that area? Um, oh, we're definitely getting trained in that area. That's a key indicator for us is physical preparation, um, especially when the day, when the games get out to four or five day matches, we need to be, as fit as we can be. Yeah. Um, but when we're training, it's sort of, it's a bit like life and work and any sort of job. It's up to us to, we don't get spoon fed. It, we get given the sessions and it's up for us to get the most out of the session we can. And that's physically. Yeah. What about mentally? Yeah, mentally as well. We, um, I've been doing a little bit of where I can try and do some volunteer work with the Resilience Project and a bit of work with their app. Um, yeah, I just, got connected with Martin Heppel who helped runs it with Hugh Van Kylenberg who I actually listened to when I was at Yarra, funnily enough. Um, and I couldn't be more of an advocate for the whole mindfulness slash mental well-being because it's so important, mm. especially when you can get so – I've had times where I've just been – and it still happens today sometimes where you're just so focused on one thing, which is cricket, and you actually lose that there's actually a lot more going on outside of it that's important as well. Yes. And what are the things that you've put into your life that help you stay grounded, help you to realise that yeah, actually there's more to this than just cricket, which might be your sole focus at that moment? Yeah, I think probably mum and dad have probably played the biggest part in that, just trying to – they've always been consistent. I think that's 
been the greatest thing about them, whether things have been going well or poorly or injured or healthy, they've stayed the same. Yeah. It's just you're chasing a game which you love at the you love and give it your best crack, and that's that's enough. Like if, if and that, that's the attitude I've sort of given. I'm trying to be the best cricketer I can be. So then when I go and play, I just play, and yes. that that is what it is. People who knew you when you were a student here at Yarra. And those who now know you, because your your arena is bigger now, would say that, and I would say, that I think it's more than just trying to be the best cricketer you can be. I think you work hard at being the best person, person that you can definitely. be. And I think you succeed at that. What does success look like to you? Yeah, good point. I don't, I don't, I see success on the cricket field as an important thing because that's my job and that's what I'm trying to trained to do each and every day as, as a person but I have I have huge goals outside of cricket as well um, where I see work potentially in the future I, I'm really passionate about mental health I've had a good mate go through a mental health struggle um, and I'm really passionate about people have being in the headspace to be able to achieve their best and at the moment for me that's all I want to do I just want to be able to achieve be the best person I can be and achieve my best and I don't see why you can't be a really good person whilst trying to be a really good sportsman or be a good person anyway. So you can be competitive but still be kind. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I play hard, everyone plays hard on the sporting field and I think that's that's really important. That's what makes sport so great. Like Collingwood and Geelong are going to play on Friday night and they're going to play 44 of them are going to play hard. But then once the game's done, they're just 44 human beings as we all are. Yes. Yeah, that's a, a, a good approach and a really uh, sensible way to – when you're on, you're on as hard as you can and you do the best you can, but then once the siren sounds or the game's finished, then you've got to get on and, and be able to live with yourself. Definitely, and, but – and still while you're on the field, doesn't when you say you still want to play hard, there's still a way to – there's still the right way to play. And I think some of the best games of cricket and game best games of sport I've played in is where there's been – Two teams going hard at each other, but in the in the right way, and yes. that's the best sort of memories and games of sport you'd be involved in. For sure, for sure. You are a well-rounded, well-disciplined young man. Are there any habits or rhythms or routines that that you've developed over time that are really important to you that that you still maintain today? Um, I'm a, a bit of an OCD on little bit OCD on structure. I like planning and I'm a journal man. Uh, so I like pre-planning weeks. I like pre-planning activity when I'm doing my gym, when I'm doing my running, what I'm doing, when I'm recovering. Um, so, so tell me, I, I want to dive into the journaling yeah. and, and how that relates to your planning. So yeah. are you mapping out a week at a time, a day at a time, or yeah, are you I, setting goals further in the future? Or Not really. I mean, I would never go past a month's goal really or maybe even I don't even look at a season because there's so many so much can there's change. so many ebbs and flows and I think that's where the mindfulness has helped me to go like today I just tried to have the best training session I could be, I could have like tomorrow we'll, I'll train again tomorrow but I didn't really care about tomorrow because today I wanted to train things I wanted to train today yeah and I think that that sort of attitude helps when it comes to games because you're you're just focusing on that game and then once that game's done you try and park it which mm. sometimes is easier said than done whether you've gone well or poorly and you move on to the next game. Um, and I think that consistency and approach is what you you want to sort of have this plateau in your mindset where whether 
you just trust your process, you play. And then it's the same in life as well. I'm trying to my, – my, just my planning and journaling isn't just for cricket. It's for um, things that are important to me with friends, family, life. It's just a place where I sort of jot down some thoughts and it helps me stay relatively um, healthy mentally, yeah. I hope. That's a good thing. Um, what are you doing on your Thursdays at the moment? You said in your routine Thursdays is a day for you to, to do personal development. Yeah. How do you spend your Thursdays? Yeah. Um, so I, I, when I left school, I did a um, – I've done a few units of P and health secondary teaching mm-hmm. um, at Deakin University there. Um, I deferred that because I went and played a summer in England for four months and went to the academy up in Brisbane – um, so yeah, this is my first year back where I've done a pre-season in Victoria. So I've tried to, um, there's a company called the Antidopamines who are on Church Street. So they run, they, this, this is more for next year's April, May, they run tours overseas where they go and like build villages and communities um, in other places, which I'm keen to get in touch with them and see what that looks like in my off season. So that's probably not a thing for the now. Um, I've been to a couple of schools with Marty Heppel, which I'm trying to um, continue to do and just help just see how the resilience project runs. Cause I think that mental, um, as I said before, I'm really passionate about, um, that space. And then sometimes it's even just as simple as four or four or eight of us going to have a game of golf, um, on a nice afternoon. We just get away from cricket yeah. and we just go and hang out together and have, have fun. Why, why do so many cricketers also excel at golf? What's the connection there? I mean, there's the obvious connection to me as a, a kind of wannabe cricketer and a very ordinary mini golf player <laughs> that there's a, a bit of hand-eye coordination and, and the bat or the uh, golf club is an extension of you. Yeah. But the, the cricket and golf seem to go well together. Well together, yeah. I think the funny thing is I think a lot of guys potentially come into the squad not being – so I, I was a golfer. I, I just had golf through – my dad and yeah. family. And so that got me into golf uh, and I've been into golf since I was a kid, but a lot of people come into the squad and realize that if a fair few of the people play and it's a great social outing and it's a great way to get to know each people. Cause that training and training, everyone's training. So you're not really getting to know that person that well. It's when you, um, outside of the four walls of the cricket center that you're actually, that you get to hang out with people. That's the, um, great time to get to know someone. So, I think for a lot of people, they come into the squad and see golf as a social thing and actually a way to get to know other people, and then it's fun. So yeah, yeah, it can yeah. be frustrating, but it can also be—it's a great <laughs> game. Yes, um, we talked a little bit about success. I wonder whether in your journey you've brushed with failure, and yep. whether there's a, a particular scenario you can talk about or how you cope with failure, because particularly in your line of work, your sport, it's about performance. Yeah. And as much as you try and as disciplined as you are and as hard as you train, you're not going to always perform at the level that you could and would want to. Yeah. So therefore, failure must come into it some of the time. Absolutely. And especially with um, batting as a skill, the ball, you can actually have a day where you rock up and the bowler bowls a ball that's too good for you that gets you out you have not necessarily done anything wrong and your day's done that's it and you might have made zero runs or you might have made 10 there'll be other days where you nick that ball catching height through the slips and it gets through it gets through and it goes for four and you go on and have a good day so there is an element this i wouldn't say it luck's the right word but there's an element of in a season you're going to have 40 or 50 innings where there's going to be times where you either get a poor decision from the umpire um 
the bowler bowls a ball that's too good for you that gets you out. But um, I think it's those two things where you try and move on as quick as you can and it's the days where you get yourself in that you try and capitalise on in a game like cricket where one mistake ends your day. Mm. Where it's a bit dissimilar to golf where you can hit a bad shot but you still get to go and hit another shot. It doesn't yes. stop your yes. day. So I think cricket's a, cricket's a great leveller and I think it's great – it can be a terrible game at times, but it can also be a great game at times because it, it really, I think it brings out some great character traits. You've got to persist. You've got to learn to fail because you're going to fail. I'm going to fail this season. It's just a given. I just right. know I'm going to have innings where it doesn't go the way I want it and there's going to be innings where it does go the way I want it. So yeah. I think it's just staying consistent through that. Wow, that's that's fascinating and, and you're quite right. In fact, you're on show and one little mistake it's all over for the day. Yeah. And you've got to be able to bounce back again the next time the you next get a time. chance. Yeah. Interesting. Um, whereas you look at something like AFL football, which yep. is another great Australian sport, and somebody kicking for goal, yep, there's a lot of pressure on, particularly in front of a big crowd. But if if you get it wrong, yep. it come off the side of the boot, you, for whatever reason, you're still in the game. You're still in the game. You, you get another the, chance. You have another chance to influence the game. Now, there's different – each sport has different – I find in golf, and I've speaking to a few guys who are taking their golf, like I'm taking my cricket, they stand over the ball and the ball's not moving. They've got to pull the trigger to hit the thing. And as a professional golfer, they talk about swing thoughts and previous rounds where they've choked on a lead or anything. So there's, there's just all these different mental ba- battles. Mental that, battles, Whilst yes. they might get another shot, if you've got a two-shot lead you hit in the water, that that's fourth round. That could be the tournament over. So there's yes. other... Um, mental challenges that they face that we can try and draw upon in our sport. And as much as you hold, uh, and I'm going to put words in your mouth here and you can yeah. confirm or deny, <laughs> as much as you hold regard for golf and the, the challenge of that game, you snuck in a little comment there that said, but that ball is not moving. Yeah. Cricket must be a much harder game than golf. Um, be careful. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's an interesting it's an interesting discussion where you get di- many different opinions. Part of what makes cricket easier than golf, I'll firstly say, is that the ball comes down and you've got to respond to the information given to you. Okay. So they bowl the ball they bowl the ball in a certain area, you make a decision to hit the ball based on what they've bowled to you, which is what some people call playing the ball on its merits. And how long have you got to make that decision? Yeah, or someone bowling hundred and forty point whatever of a second. Yeah. And the other thing is in cricket is the run rate, um, you gotta if you're chasing 300, you've got a run rate you've got to keep up to. So you can't just always play each ball on its merits because if they yes. bowl well for 10 overs, you can't just be none for 10. Yeah. Um, but then the the still ball creates thought patterns before you've even gone to swing the club. Okay. Um, and so when you're in more control and it's up to you, actually there's more pressure. Yeah, so golf is a very – it's a very close skill because you can control the – you can completely control the swing. But – if it was that easy mentally, there'd be a lot more better golfers out there. Wouldn't it's, there? It's Wouldn't there? The pressure. You and me both. <laughs> um, we're speaking with Sam Harper from the class of 2015. Sam, um, recently in your cricket journey, you were mic'd. Yeah. And basically that what that means is that you were carrying a, a mic. Uh, you could listen to the commentary team who were up in the box and it's very easy in the box. Yeah. You were out on the ground. And you had the opportunity to speak and and share a little bit about what was going on, what you're thinking, what you're planning. What was that experience like for you? Yeah, no, it was great. Um, 
I think the people in the box make that amazing that you're speaking to guys as a young kid you've idolised. Um, yes. All of a sudden you're sort of having a one-on-one chat with someone like a Ricky Ponding or Adam Gilchrist about a game that you're playing in, which doesn't doesn't always feel right for me as a young athlete coming through. I'm like, hang on, I shouldn't be – what right do I have to yeah, be chatting who, to, who am I? Who to be who chatting am I? to someone like this and they're asking me questions on what I think. I'm like, don't ask me the question. You tell me what you think and I'll believe you. <laughs> like, You've got more history in the game than I do. Which, But that – I mean, that's been one of the huge thrills about the yeah. last few years and that's I'm so lucky to be able to have that opportunity. And even when I um, – before the game even starts, you walk out into the middle to have a look at the wicket or something and there's guys hovering because they're doing their commentary commitments before the game and you get to say hello and mm. ask them if – try and ask them something about that you can try and pick up on or just even have a chat to them. And, and so you're brushing so- shoulders with people who you have – admired from a distance for a long time and all of a sudden they're now in your circle of influence. Yeah, definitely. It's pretty amazing. It is amazing. I think one thing it has taught me though is that great sportsmen are amazing and it's it's awesome to meet them and be in their sort of midst. But at the end of the day, another big one for me is that some people are really good at singing, so they sing. Some people are good at teaching, so they teach. Some people are really good at sport, so they play sport. But at the end of the day, everyone is just a human being that – some have just excelled in their sport and it happens to be on a public stage, which makes them a bigger name. But they are just a human and when you actually get to meet them and chat to them, you realise that they are just a normal person. Yes. And and it's, as you say, that's a great leveller to yeah. keep that in mind uh, and not be awestruck because they still put their shoes on one one foot after one the other. Another. And they were 10 at one stage in their life looking up to someone as well. And they also had their first game too yeah. or their first time on stage or their first uh, note that they sung wrong or whatever. They've, yeah. they've had their journey as well. Correct. Really whatever important to remember. skill set that's been. Yes. Sam, I want to um, go through what we might call the lightning round where I've got a couple of quick fire questions. Love and, it. Uh, and so there might be one word or short word answers. Cool. Um, you'll know the answers to most of them, but it's a stretching your memory a little bit perhaps. Right. Um, when you're at Yarra, what house were you in? Annals. Blue. What was your favourite sport playing as a, a Yarra grammarian? Um, obviously, answer would be cricket, but I actually had a lot of fun playing football with my mates in hockey in year 10 or 12. What's a musical that you remember, whether you were on stage or in the audience, that, that really jumps to mind? Year six, I did a terrible tryout with Miss Duck and Miss Schmidley. They kindly gave me the talking role because my singing and dancing was terrible, but I was involved in the year six production, which was a great one for me. Do you remember the what, what it was? What you, was the musical? You stretched it? me on the name, but I did okay. open the show with – I had to put on the American accent. It was an American something. Okay. We yeah. might look that up we and uh, we'll up. put it in the show notes. Yeah. Um, if you had to choose between house athletics or house swimming, what would your preference be? Definitely athletics, size six feet, terrible swimmer. <laughs> <laughs> um, who were the school captains in 2015? Uh, Lockie McRae and Nick Anastasia. Excellent. Uh, Favourite book that you've read in its entirety? Good question. I've actually got into some which mum's happy about as a teacher, Lee Child books, um, mm-hmm. not, just read Night School. Great way to escape mentally. Yeah, uh, good. Favourite autobiography would be Avery DeVille's Cricketer. Yeah, excellent. Uh, do, you, do you watch movies? Is there a favourite movie? Oh, I love movies. I'm an action man. Jason Bourne, Mission Impossible, Transporter, 
and the list goes Tigers, on. list goes on. Excellent. Um, is there a quote uh, or a saying or an affirmation or a verse that you hold to be true and, and that you use it as something to inspire you? Mm. Um, probably there's a 10-minute little documentary on Jason Day and it's called Never Say Die and it just speaks about his specific journey. But I think that's quite applicable to all of us that he yeah. he got given a rough card in life early days and he chose to look at it as a positive way. Yeah, and he worked never, his way and through. He never said that. And then his quote in that is he's addicted to the process of getting better. So I think for me I'm just, whether that's as a person or cricketer, that's what I try and be. Can you say that again? He's addicted to the process of getting better. That's powerful. That's really powerful. And I think that your life is uh, truly one who who shows that commitment and dedication. Definitely, with my life and with my faith as well. So I wonder whether you might tell me a little bit about your faith and, and how that journey has been, whether that was something that was part of your time at school or it's something that's kind of grown and developed since leaving school. Yeah, it's, it was during school and outside of school, um, yeah, with my family and I've got heaps of great friends throughout as well who give me a really great um, perspective on life and who are, they're just actually a great outlet, outlet from cricket and I think it um, really helps keep me grounded to know that there's more more going on and more to life than the game of cricket I'm involved in or the season I'm indulging in. Mm. True enough. Very true. Um, if I was to put to you the term, which which happens to be our school motto, Lavavi Oculus, do you remember what that means? Lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes. And if I offer that term to you, what resonates? What does that mean to you? Um, I think lift up your eyes is, that's for me, that's just appreciating the moment that I'm in at that time. And that's coming back to that mindfulness thing. I'm trying not to look too, which is, it's very easy to say sitting with you here having a chat. Uh, it can be hard to practice in real everyday life. I'm not going to say it's easy, but just trying to enjoy whatever you're dealing with or involved in at that time. Hmm. I want to give you the opportunity to have a 30-second brag. What's going yeah. really well for you right now? Um. Well, I think as a kid at school, I just wanted to achieve, I just wanted to be a cricketer. Like I wanted to be contracted um, and I wanted to give myself the chance to be the best cricketer I could be. And at the moment, that's full time for me and that's my job. So living the dream. Yeah, I'm living the dream. Although people do say sportsmen live the dream and we absolutely do. But um, I think it's taught me some great things in life chasing my dream because there's definitely, there's a lot of great things about being a professional sportsman, but there's a lot of Challenges as well. Yes, yes. And in order to maintain uh, that position as a professional sportsman, performance is, yep. is everything. Yeah. And so you're under scrutiny all the time. Yeah. Uh, you said before that you do a, a like the, was it a 2K uh, time trial? Yeah. And that's every month? Yeah, that's monthly. And and what are the other check-ins? I spoke recently to another great sportsman, a Yarra Olgamarian, Travis Cloak. Yeah. And he, at the other end of his uh, elite sports career, he reflected it briefly on the notion of he used to have everything that he ate was controlled. What time he ate, what he ate, how big the portion was, what time he went to bed, what time he woke up, what what exercise he did, what activity did. he did. His life as an elite AFL sportsman was very controlled. Yeah. Is that sort of scrutiny on you as well, that that, that control over you as a, as a machine? Um, yeah, good point. I think as I think as 
times have maybe evolved a little bit. We've definitely, well, definitely in my experience in cricket, they've given us, we have our non-negotiables that we have to get done and our sort of like fitness tests that we have to meet, which creates behaviours in our life such as diet or such as sleep that we need to attain to. But they're also great on giving us flexibility and controlling our, so this, controlling our own destiny, if you want to call it. Like if you want to put in the work, you can put in the work. If you don't want to put in the work, you don't need to put in the work, but you're going to reap the negatives of that probably futurely in your career. Mm. I spoke recently uh, earlier today to one of your former PE teachers yeah, and they said that even back then when you were a student here, you put in the work. Yeah. You knew what it was to work hard and you yeah. were always prepared to do the extra. How has that, no- that idea, that notion, that motivation served you well? Yeah, definitely. I think school was a good one for me because I, I received my first contract in the summer of year 11 holidays. So that, created, that created, created a really good curveball through year 12 where I was going to have to be – I had a job whilst I was still at school. So I was, As a cricketer. As a cricketer. So I was getting paid to do something that I was – how good is this? But then I also had to go to training and then drive back to, drive back to school and then focus on my studies as well, which yes. is thoroughly important because – Right now I'm a cricketer, but in 10 years' time, sport will say that you'll retire or you'll finish your career in your early mid-30s and then you've got 50 to 60 years to wake up and do something. So yeah. um, school and other things going on outside of my life other than cricket has always been important. And I think that helped me to be – I had to be on my – I couldn't really have time to waste in year 12. I was either training or at school or studying. Yeah. Yeah, and therefore you learn to become very efficient, efficient. and using your time well. I think that's where I got my – I always wrote down when I was going to study, when I was going to train, so I could be clear about when I'm at training, I'm at training, when I'm studying, I'm studying. And writing it down is one thing, but then acting Doing on it. Doing it, well, that, it's easy to write it down. It's like it's easy to buy a book that you should read yes. that's going to help you. Yes. Like the next step is reading the book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then applying some of the, the lessons from that for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I wonder whether there is something that was important to you when you were a student at Yarra. Mm-hmm but is no longer important to you? That's a that's a good question. Um, I think the concept in high school of always wanting to fit in and maybe mould to other people gets, and that's a, that's a real prevalent thing with social media, um, especially through teenage and youth these days, whereas I think as soon as I, I was actually all right at this, I just wanted to be my own person um, and be the sort of be the best person you can be and by doing that you're going to have you're going to be lucky enough to have great friends and great people around you and the people who don't really if they don't like you or respect you for that then they're not really the people you want to connect and spend your time with anyway so I think yeah probably you can spend not that I'm sending advice or anything or that I'm a psychologist but I think it's really important that in high school you just be your own person and do sort of things that you want to do Mm. Uh, and then that moves on from after school as well and uh Sammy, I think you do it very well. You are your own person mm-hmm. and uh, and anybody who's uh, had the privilege of crossing paths with you would uh, would agree that you do it very, very well. So it's been my privilege to sit down with you this afternoon and, uh, and spend a few moments with you. I've only got one question to go. Sure. And I want you to answer the question and then answer the question. Righto. And that is, what is the one question that you wished I had asked you? Wow, good question. What is the one question do you think that you should have asked me? Uh, 
why I wasn't naturally gifted in the academic area. <laughs> <laughs> so but, you would say not naturally gifted in, in academics, yeah. but you understood the value of it. Yeah. So you put in. Yeah. I and you did well enough. Did well enough. And I think I had great support from my parents yes. who and family yes. who said just give it your best crack. Yeah, and that's all you can do. Yeah, and I definitely wasn't naturally gifted at school, but I gave it a bit of a crack. Yeah. And, yeah, that's all I could do. Excellent, excellent. Sam Harper from the class of 2015, thank you for uh, your time. No, Thanks no for being uh, an inspiration to Yarra, but also clearly you've been inspired by Yarra. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Thanks for being PJ. With us. Appreciate it. Good on you, Good mate. man. And that wraps up another episode of Inspired by Yarra. And I hope you have found this to be inspiring. Sammy Harps, just a champion, a great young man who's going to continue to impact those who are around him and those who observe from a distance. One of the great guys. If you want to continue to stay in touch with the Yarra Valley Grammar community, the YOG community. Maybe you're a member of our school community now, whether it's as a student, a parent, a staff member. Maybe you are a Yarra Old Grammarian. Keep coming back to our website, yvg.vic.edu.au. And if you scroll down under the community section, you can find out all the ways that you can keep in touch. Please share this episode with somebody who you know would be inspired by it. Those of you who perhaps who were in the class of 2015 with Sam and either side of that, great way to stay in touch. Please continue to follow us, like the, uh, like the episodes and share it with others. My name's Paul Joy and on behalf of everybody here at Yarra, I want to wish you another day of inspiration where you go out there with intentionality to make a positive impact in the world around you. Thank you.